Nerd Lag Game Club. Welcome to the Nerd Lag Game Club podcast, the podcast where we play games instead of reading books. I'm Corey, and I'm joined with three party members today. Lauren. Hi. Uh, Tunza. What up? And Dan Boy. Hello. In this episode of the Game Club, we're traveling the pages of a journal and playing 2020's Lost Words Beyond the Page. Lost Words Beyond the Page was developed by Sketchbook Games and was published by Mobus? Modus? Modus Games? This was Sketchbook Games' first and only game. This is the first time they've made a game together. Like, it's just a small group of people. Uh, Before we get any further into Lost Words, I want to give the spoiler warning, and I would recommend playing this before listening to the episode. This was our in-between game for the month of May, and it was my suggestion to play it, so I'm going to give a brief summary of the story for Lost Words Beyond the Page. Uh, This game follows a little girl by the name of Isabel Barbara Cook, that goes by Izzy for short. Um, basically the game is two stories told into one story. That's kind of a weird concept, but she tells a story while writing in her journal that her grandmother gave her. Um, it's like a diary that she kind of like expresses her thoughts, but she's also wants to be a writer. So she's writing a story, like an actual, like fictional story as well, but they kind of blend between the two. Um, throughout the games, you you kind of learn about her family members, her grandma, the things her grandma likes to do, and just kind of her overall feelings. And, uh, yeah, the girl, the fictional story side of things has you in like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a magical world, and you're trying to recollect fireflies and catch up to a dragon that destroyed the village of the character. Um, it, it goes a little more in-depth, but that's kind of a brief summary of everything that takes place. Each episode, we break up the main points of the game between all of us. So we take on story, gameplay, art, music, and we just kind of break it up between us. Um, this week, we are starting with gameplay and mechanics, and Tunza, you're going to tell us all about that. Yeah, so first, we kind of need to split it up in between the journal side and Historia side. So starting with the journal side, it's a side-scrolling platformer where you run along the words, trying to get into the tear or the tear into a next page, uh, while collecting antidotes and solving basic puzzles, and then jumping into Hysteria, which is the fictional stories like where the fantasy elements come in. Uh, it's still a side scrum platformer where you use words of power to alter the environment while chasing the dragon, uh, tra- while chasing the dragon and collecting fireflies. The in the gameplay, you collect books that are in your, or you collect words that goes into your magical book, um, mm-hmm. and you have things such as rise, repair, break, burn. And they do all of those things. And it's just standard movement. Like, I would play it on the computer. Is, you know, W at, like, S-A-D. Like, for movement, shift to grab, like, the little blocks to move in place. Spacebar jump. Mouse is where you drag, like, your, uh, the words along. I felt like that was really neat how my right hand just kind of drove, like, all the powers along. Yeah, you can crouch and crawl. Um... Not really any enemies in this game, kinda, no. but not really. It's yeah, it's basically it. I mean, the game like the gameplay shines with the art element, but I didn't want to get into that since it's Lauren's topic. Yeah, anything else mechanic wise? Um, not that I can think of. It's a pretty nah. simplistic. It's yet again another game that's surrounded by art that for this episode. Um. So, next up is Lauren, and she's going to tell us all about the art for Lost Words. When it comes to the journal side of it, it's watercolor. That's the best way to really describe it. There's different pages with different themes based on what she's talking about, but I really liked, there's a page, like a section that's bioluminescent, 
and yeah. when I was in Corey's game room while he was playing before I played, he's like, you're really going to like this game? And I'm like, why? And he's like, there's a bioluminescent thing, and that's your thing. And he was right. Beautiful. I mean, there's tons of different ones where, like, you'll move a word or something, and it'll start bringing the page to life where you see more and more of that watercolor coming through. Awesome. Um. I like that stuff. That's why I like the movie Avatar. That's my favorite thing when they go around and touch everything in the forest and it glows. I like the when you use some of the words for the Polaroid parts where it fills in yeah. the Polaroids. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, same, same. And then, uh, so the concept artist was a person named Billy Wimblet. He did concept art for games like Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy. Fable the Journey, and additional art for Blightbound. I don't know what Blightbound is, but the other two, you know, it's hard to say you don't know what Fable is, and everyone knows Spyro, so that was pretty neat. Um, the actual art itself was done by three people, but all I could find is that this is their first credited game that they did art for. So, I don't, to my knowledge, they haven't done any other game art before. Yeah, if you go through the, like, the credits, which is also really cool looking, uh, there's a long list of people who interned and, like, helped out on this game. Right. And then, like, the key art was done by a group called Atomic Hawk, which I had never heard of till I started looking into it. But they're a group that works together. It says it's out of the UK. That's about as you know, specific as they get. They've worked on not only, like, games with game developers, but they've helped movie studios and, uh, like, product designers since, I think it said 2008 or 2009. So I thought that was interesting because I've never started looking into art till recently, and I didn't know a group like that existed. But they have a pretty big following on their pages. They have, like, 13,000 people that just watch their page for updates. So I thought that was neat. And the art for the gameplay portion of it, I feel like it's pretty standard. I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think there was much that really stood out because I feel like the journal pages stand out the most. Yeah, the journal is probably the best part. Like, yeah. Just the way it was done. Astoria was made, like that portion of the game is all done through Unity. Right. I did read that, so... You're... Well, it says in the credits, it's all... Oh, the game is made entirely in Unity, so I'm sure however they did it. Right. But overall, pretty good in that, too. I mean, that section of the game, it's not like it looks bad. It's no, just... no, not at all. I just feel like the journal is what really, like, art-wise stands out. I mean, it looks fine, it's just it doesn't stand out as much as that portion does. That's true. That journal is leaps and bounds ahead in art, just in the way it impacts you and such. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever really seen much like like it, and I like the way they did it. Like Same. That was like a, a good way to handle the story of the game. Like The other part was like not as... It was good, but the journal part was more intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Um... All right, Dan's up next, and he's going to tell us about the sound design and music for Lost Words. So i i don't I don't do like the whole research about like the people or anything like that. So I don't I don't have as much like to say as much as Lauren did with uh, the whole art stuff. But uh, the the sound in this game is I feel like every time music starts playing, it's it's very fitting to the setting for that particularly particular area like well you like the journal part you you get into all the depressing things and whenever she would say some of the words like the music the sound and everything will kind of cut out like there's no sound at all to reflect more on her words if that makes sense at all yeah i don't know how to really explain it more than that um and while you're like in the fantasy world, whenever you're in your home area in the very beginning, 
the music is very hopeful and like inspiring kind of you know lead you up to yeah i guess whimsical is a good way to put it but it kind of sets you up for being in this fantasy world that you're about to set out on like a grand journey on or in i guess yeah it fits the tone of the game very well Uh, yeah you're going through your guilt and alone and like where she feels like Everything's disappearing and going away. I don't believe there was much music even being played. No, it was like ambient yeah. silence. It was like real weird. It, yeah. Like, I and I felt like... Point, it's supposed to feel like she's telling secluded. you this story like in person and you just have to feel the way you feel about it. They don't like try to use sound to lead you to feel any way. They let you actually feel it. Yeah. I. I it just... I would agree that it's tone the tone of the music and just when and they decide to use it and not use it was i think done really well um but yeah so we're going to open up the floor and we can just kind of just talk about things that made an impact about the game i do want to start because i found a pretty interesting like breakdown of all the chapters So the game is broken up into eight chapters, and each one of them represents something. So chapter one, which is your tutorial exposition of the story, represents happiness. Chapter two represents shock. Chapter three represents denial. Chapter four represents anger. Chapter five is when it represents bargaining. Chapter six, it represents guilt. Chapter 7 represents depression, and Chapter 8 represents acceptance. So it goes through the seven stages of grief, and but that's how they break up, just by chapter like that. Yeah, that was very like on the money, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so one th- I guess the first thing that I want to talk about is just... Um, it's anger, the chapter for anger. Like, not the journal portion of the actual, like, Astoria story portion. Super good. So you meet a giant fire golem. And she's very angry. And she's, like, causing a ruckus, like, earthquakes and causing, like, rocks to collapse and cave in. And you're kind of just trying to not get crushed or get consumed by the lava. And at one point, you try to talk to her, and she doesn't listen, and she throws a fit. She, like, destroys, like, a cavern, basically, and then you have to ride a rock through the lava, which logically I don't think works, but it's fine. Um, But at the end, she's chasing you, and she's like, oh, like, basically, I'm going to destroy you. And um, you get to the very end of the tunnel. You kind of have it out with her. You yell at her. Um and you get her to get rid of her anger by trying to understand her, I guess. And she turns into Lump, which is the best character in the entire game. Yeah. Um, Lauren, how about you talk about Lump for a second, because I know you also enjoyed her. Lump a lot. Um... I don't have a ton to say, but I would say that there was a lot of times where, like, Lump would say something and I would be chuckling to myself. Just like, oh, you know, can't think of the exact things. It was so late when I played. But I would sit there and kind of chuckle. And I, as I was playing before she turned into Lump, I'm like, this is her. Like, I started to understand what the emotions were that she was going through. So, Lump's a little little cute little fire creature that becomes your friend and sacrifices herself later on. So you can breathe underwater. Yeah, so you can breathe underwater to continue your quest. I love Lump. The one Lump... The line that Lump says that I will never forget is when you first start the next chapter and she goes, oh, look, the sky fire. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like, oh, the sky fire. And it's the sun. <laughs> she sounds like a, a, a kid. Oh, absolutely. Um, like a 
I would say like a three to four year old child is what they were going for. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Too. Very like optimistic and wide eyed. Um, just about life when she finally gets out of the cavern, but she makes a huge impact, at least for me, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, as like the character that stood out like the most for me. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. I love Talump. That's so cute. I, I mean, I don't really have like a favorite part of the whole thing. I think it's like, a very good game for like grief. Like it, as a whole. Like, I feel like this would have been better for me to play is like, I remember when I found that like my grandma died and I was playing San Andreas <laughs> like Grand Theft Auto as like a kid and I was like there was like nothing that like kind of teaches you like I have all this stuff going on, but like this game kind of hit like, oh, like maybe if your kid was going through this or a hard time, it's like uh, a good setup for all like all of it, even though I would say like chapter seven was like weird because you didn't really do anything. You just wrote on the whale. But like the word like them talking back and forth was like actually like good advice. For those situations. Yeah, it's because she was like spiraling into like depression. Yeah, and which as I get older is like, man, I wish I would talk to myself better or had a whale companion. Yeah. I just rode around on the back and rested. Whale shark. There were some spots that I really liked, like when uh you could tell like she was going through denial where she's like, Nope, that's not my grandma, like she she didn't look like that. It's not her. And then she, at one point, like, me and Corey had talked about this, but there's the point where she's, like, basically bargaining. She's like, well, what if I clean my room? Like, she does the dishes for the family. She's like, she'll definitely feel better now. Like, there was a lot of scenes like that where you could tell that... She also, during that time period, um, she tries praying, but she mentions that she's not religious. But she yeah. heard from one of her like classmates that mm-hmm. they prayed when their grandpa was sick or whatever. And she's like, well, I'm going to try it. So she's basically at that point just trying anything. Yeah. Also, let's just talk about the fact that grandma is so cool. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah, a marine biologist. And she took, like, they went on a trip to Wales. And that was the bioluminescent beach. And little Izzy takes some water, takes it home with her, like, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm going to have a nightlight like that. And it didn't work, obviously, because of the bacteria. It needs, like, sunlight and all that stuff. And Grandma explains that to her. And Grandma helps her build an aquarium where she can grow it and put her hand through it, and it lights up the same way. Grandma is the coolest. For sure. Yeah, that's a that's really cool. Where she sees that she's disappointed, she's like, "I can fix this." Yeah, and she helps her, and she does. Like, she has her own in her room now. That's so cool. I think this that's part of the story where it's you're really seeing the bond that they have, Mm -hmm. like how close she is with her grandma tell you this story and this is done all through the journal like the diary so Mm -hmm. you're getting these like little drawings and stuff throughout the whole thing and like that's like one of the interactive parts where you have to like make the fish tank like you put in all like the sand the rocks and all that stuff which i thought that was pretty cool like just the odd and end things they do throughout the journal i think the journal's the best part like it honestly I, i would like, even if it was a shorter story, that journal part just was so good. Yeah. I, like, I like the way they handled the funeral part, like, really well in this game. Of, like, her coming to terms, but also realizing it's sad, but it you gotta, like, remember people. For Like, she got to experience, like, all of, like, her grandma's friends and other people's stories of her grandma and found out, like, how cool her grandma actually was, like... Being like a hippie, getting arrested. Yeah, she went to like a musical yeah. fest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, because that's the end. That's just like her, she's accepting it, you know, coming to terms with like, it's okay to feel sad. But like mm-hmm. you, 
the people will have her live on, basically. Is yeah, the she... part, the part it said, uh, I don't remember how like she like, they worded it in the thing. It was like she was like, I don't know what I don't know what death is, but I think that when you die, pieces of you goes lives on in people's hearts. And I was like, that's a good way to like think of that. Yeah, I mean, if you're not sure what to expect after death, that's a really positive way to like, yeah, think like about I, like it. I, like I said, this like it was very good with like the dealing of like grief, and it makes sense. And she said the chapters are broken up like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, because you you see it like um, throughout. Like you get the journal, which is her actual emotions, what she's currently feeling. But then when she writes the story portion of things, that's when like she kind of lets it all out through a fictional character. Yeah. Also, also what what name did you guys pick? For, for the girl? For the character in the game, yeah. Oh, Robin. Georgia. I picked Robin also. I also picked Robin. What the heck? Oh my god, wow. I'm Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh what color did you guys wear? Red. Um, I red. I picked red. Yeah, I think red. I I picked purple. I picked red because a robin usually has red, oh, if I remember okay. correctly. I picked purple just because. That's fair. I I can't remember now. I might have been purple. I know my hair was like a very like whitish pinkish color. Whatever that one was. I don't know. I think I had like dark brown hair as my character. And she was into books. That's the thing that I chose about her. In the books? Yeah, when you pick, like, smart. Oh, yeah. Oh. Kind. You picked kind. Yeah. I picked smart because that's kind of the way that I look at things in life. It's through a logical mindset. So I was like, oh, I'll make her smart. I don't remember. I did kind. I don't remember the option tool. Um... Yeah. So, Dan, did you have anything that, like, stuck out to you? Good or bad? I mean, not really. Like, I like the story of it. I like kind of how there was a actual, I want to say, lesson in everything. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I guess I kind of like that she... While you're playing the game, it's it's obviously broken up into, you know, the journal and then the story. But they they kinda just merge anyways, if that makes sense. Like yeah. like you said, she she kinda writes about her feelings kinda a lot in the story. Like yeah. her story is kinda dependent upon her feelings. Yeah, I think it's, it's like, like I feel like I just feel like when she does the writing portion of, it, of the fictional story, it's like her being able to express how she's feeling better than she does outside of her fictional story. Because she has issues dealing with what emotion she's feeling or what she should feel. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like the character, well, some of the characters in her story are kind of reflected upon her actual family. Well, yeah, because Elder Ava, which is is the previous summoner, is that what they're called? Guardian. 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 That's obviously her grandma. She looks up to her. Yeah. Like, that's just, I mean, that one's pretty blatant. I'm not sure if the characters elsewhere tie in. Well, I figured Lump would be kind of representative of her uh, brother. Since he's ben. kind of a baby at that time. Yeah, Ben. I'm pretty sure those characters like Lump and like the dog and all that are her emotions. Right, that's what I was thinking. Her with her emotions. So before Lump like becomes Lump, she's angry. She's smashing stuff. Like that's at the same time she was going through like being angry about the situation. And then like the dog one is guilt. She like she feels guilty, and then you have to decide if you're going to embrace the guilt or not, and that's when you embrace the dog wolf thing. 
So that's the way I interpret it. Right, and then her emotions. Yeah, that's definitely that's kind of how I thought about it too. It's just everything is her. Right. Um. I do. The last thing I kind of want to talk about is like how emotionally charged the beginning of I think it's chapter five, six. Whenever the journal starts and she and the first thing she says is Grandma died. Oh yeah, and she's there's literally tears dropping on the journal, which yeah. done really well. I love the part, but just absolutely just emotionally charged. You just, you know, it's coming just based on what she's talking about. But man, does that hit hard? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And then like later on when she's like blaming herself for it, like, you know, if I would have finished my story, she would still be here. If I would have done this, like she's like, it's my fault. And then she tells the story about when she breaks the vase that her grand her grandpa gave to her grandma. And she was told not to like run, but then she did anyways and she broke it and then she blames herself saying like if I wouldn't have ran, maybe she'd still be alive, which I guess is the logic of a child. Yeah. Yeah, it's it I think it's just the anybody who's going through a loss like that you think of like how you could have prevented it or what you did wrong, not just, you know, the outcome. Yeah. But that, that part stands out because she puts the vase back together and her grandma's like, Oh, like, thank you. And she puts it away, puts it like in the cupboard or whatever. And then the next morning she sees it in the trash again. And then she gives her grandma gives her like a life lesson. Like, yeah, she talks about, it's about, being the memories and not the item she would rather have or she wanted to remember the item as it as it was not as it is now yeah Yeah. so yeah those really stood out they're like pretty emotionally charged um i can definitely reflect myself in this like from like you said tons of like your grandma passed away my grandma passed away when i was a little older so i can kind of reflect in this a little better kind of just the way she like felt about it but uh yeah um we'll move into time to completion um before we do that i sent tons on dan videos on snapchat of my game when it broke yeah i never had anything happen like that for me me and either I, yeah, I, was I had a little part where i thought the background slipped away but then i couldn't tell if it was like just cosmetically, but it was always just a little pixel in the corner. And then I got to the next scene, it was gone. So it must have just been like overlaid weird. I don't know if that was yeah, that was like chapter wherever the dog was, whatever chapter that was. Okay, yeah, I had a uh, one scene where I slid down on a vine type thing, and mm-hmm. I slipped right through the ground, and I was stuck underneath of it. And no matter how many times I tried to jump. Move side to side. I couldn't get out of it. I had to restart that level. I had one where I jumped. Like, you know, at the end when you're like, or we jump from the top of the tower, like after seeing the dragon statue and you're like going down the hill. Yeah. I was, I was backwards. I was facing the wrong direction. Oh. <laughs> but that was, that was like the only thing. It didn't even game break or nothing. The only thing I can think of that was kind of weird is that one of the points I was crawling like through like a cavern or whatever and she was just standing straight up. Oh, yeah, I didn't even have that. So, yeah, I had that happen to me as well. Yeah, one nothing, of them nothing that broke the game though. It was just one of the like, more okay. annoying things is at the end me and Dan both had it. We were trying to rise and we couldn't get it to rise all the way up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cuz he's bitching about it like Dan was, like I said, like two minutes ahead of me, like the entire game. Like, weirdly enough, we like synced up like that. Yeah, but Lauren got like full game break, which is interesting. Yeah. Did you guys know how many fireflies you have? I know how many I had. Uh, I was missing two. Ooh. Ooh. I was just missing a 
couple. I had like a hundred and seven, I think it said. Yeah, it was a hundred and eleven. Hundred and fourteen. What is it, one twenty? Yeah, yeah, I had 118. I was missing two in the desert. Yeah, you can go back and uh, like do chapter select, and you can see which ones you're missing. Yeah, yeah. So, but all the other ones I got, and um, yeah. So, time to completion, guys. What uh, what, you know, how much did it take you to finish this? Mine was four hours, fifty three minutes. Four and a half hours. It was like four hours and like 32 minutes. Four hours and one minute. Four hours and three minutes. So to say four hours for this game is correct. Yeah. yeah. When we looked it up, the average was around four hours. So Yeah, I looked it up too. and it, was, it I think it was just in four and a half. So that'd be like perfectly split. All right. So before we head into the last portion of the episode, anything else? you guys want to talk about for lost words so, so i i wanted to ask this because i didn't look this up or anything because i wanted to ask you guys is there different endings to this because i know at the very end you can make like the three different choices um no i did look this up no? because okay. i thought the same thing um when you talk to the dragon at the end you can tell him three things uh one's like why do you why do you want to destroy the world the firefly something about the fireflies and then i don't remember what the last one is and the only thing it changes is the picture when you're restoring everything with using the fireflies the very first picture is different depending upon what you pick but that's it all the dialogue and everything is all the same which i mean the the ending i think like it just feels weird but it's just because it's like the circle of life yeah you know all things end and it doesn't mean it ends like how you want it i like that Except, i do like that I, we didn't get the happy ending yeah i mean like well like, yeah. we did but we didn't like yeah it's happy because you like you know she comes to terms with everything but it's not your stereotypical like oh i got the fireflies i killed the dragon now everything's back yeah perfect so I, I do like that ending, but guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Each episode we go around and we find out if we would recommend the game and why or why not. So starting with tons of this episode, would you recommend this game and why or why not? So I, I would recommend this in a weird way. Cause like for every gamer, it's a little different. I think it was a beautiful, like, like hand like drawn style i love like the the journal part really sells you because she has a cliff notes for the characters like you see like lumpy or before you even meet them or uh like there's just so much little stuff but like the storytelling of for grief is really good and i think a younger kid would be more susceptible i mean even as adult i felt it but like it's a good it's a good thing for dealing with grief. I think they did very well and on Game Pass 100% at 14.99. You know, I I'd say yes if you're into that thing and it definitely hits you if you need something to distract you or to help you get over something maybe. Lauren. You know, this is a yes for me regardless of the price. Is uh these are my favorite kind of games. If you got a, a great art style and story i'm 100 percent for it i've spent more money on games that were equally as short and probably a little less in quality so definitely for me dan i'm gonna have to go with a good old yes just because the this this story is is pretty good like i i really enjoyed the story it's it's pretty pretty depressing but i like depressing things so i I loved it it was right up my alley and moments um yeah i would also recommend i did suggest this game which is funny because i seen the art of like just the images i didn't look into it at all so i the fact that it ended up dealing with death like all the other short games that we play is kind of funny um so i didn't look into it at all but i 
I I really liked it. Um, I don't know if I've been a little more emotional over the last week of me playing this, but I definitely got more invested than I thought I would. Um, yeah, I think it's a nice solid game. It's a platformer. It's pretty basic in that aspect, but the story draws you in and the art is just, it's top, top tier for sure. I'm going to point out this game, like we've, for some reason, odd reason we've played a game, our short games are always dealing with like death. This one, like not in better taste, but like you're not as, I, I don't think I was as sad afterwards because of the way it ended. Like, you know, there was like, I don't it was just weird that like when we played like what remains of Edith Finch, it's like everybody's dead. Last soul survivor. It's a beautiful story, but like this is like, oh, this happened and this is how we dealt with it. I don't know. I, I think I like the way that this is approached better than something like Nero that we yeah. played. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't I don't know if it's the art that does it or just the way that she's narrating it. And talking about it like i think it conveys a really good story about like grief um but i just felt like i knew her like in this yeah story. Like, i, I kind of this was like it was like broad enough where it kind of hit like everything because like i felt like like i said i went through a little bit of this and my game of choice was great <laughs> i dove into not the healthiest for like a like a 13 year old but like i don't know it just would it breaked it down pretty good i liked it i don't know why yeah i think we uh we all give it a good recommendation it is currently on game pass so if you have that then you can play it for free or not free whatever you pay for game pass <laughs> yeah it's a, yeah whatever <laughs> that comes down to and it's 14.99 on steam um still not a bad price i'd probably pay 15 for this now knowing now knowing, yeah. Um, okay, so towards the end of each episode, we dive into the review page of Steam and read some reviews for the game we're playing in this in a segment called Good, Bad, and Funny. One of us, eh, eh, for every game, will dive into Steam Review Dungeon and find a good review, a bad review, and a review that we found funny. Uh, this episode, since Tony isn't with us, we're all going to take on some reviews and just kind of read them like round, like around the table. Uh, so who wants to read the first one? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> I asked you, Dan, and you didn't. That's fine. Uh, I have a bad one up. Is so, so far the only bad one I've seen. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's because it's like seven paragraphs. Holy shit. And some of this, I think, is because they're French. It says the French translation is filled with airs. There's long, drawn-out scenes. Like, you can call them cinematics, but they're not much to look at. Uh, the magical world. It's just weird. I don't think they knew what they were getting into. Like, they basically... They 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 say the, the, uh, the journal part's so good... But it's like a sad story. I just don't know if they knew what they were getting into. But this is the only bad review I see on Steam after scrolling down. That's... Oh, there, here's here's one. I don't feel quite right giving this a full-blown negative st uh, statement. Uh, presentation of the story and framework is unique and well done. I just did not. It just didn't. Ex it, the story did not appeal to me as a middle-aged man. Uh, he was like, it might appeal to a younger younger person or a younger teenager who it seems the game's designed for. So that's the only bad ones I see. Um, I'm going to read a good one. Uh, I have a review that was left that said, My grandma died two months ago. I couldn't say goodbye because I was bedridden in the hospital struggling with my body. When I was on the surgery room, or when I was in surgery, my grandma passed away. I wasn't able to cry or get sad because the world would influence... Th that would influence in my wounds. This game helped me feel what I couldn't feel in that moment. I cried and felt and felt sad for what happened, but I also feel free for going through the duel. This beautiful game is something you really should play. The theme and the story are really touching, hurt and emotional. Feel free to buy it and enjoy it. So, I think we're right there. Yeah. Did you All got? Right. Go ahead, I Lauren. got a review. It's not recommended, and. So, 
they ended up editing it after they had played. So I'll read you the first portion that they wrote at 1.8 hours. They wrote, This game is gorgeous. It's calm and evenly paced. Even the puzzles bring a sense of joy and wonder. It is not a white-knuckle, action-packed Metroidvania. It is a work of art and a beauty to play. So you may be thinking, why does it say not recommended? Well, after they put 3.4 hours into it, they said, I'm editing this review. As I get deeper into the game, it gets more and more depressing. It's definitely pretty, but I just don't like the story. I got this after playing the demo, thinking the focus would be on the story being written. Unfortunately, a good chunk of the time is actually about the real-life problems the girl is facing. I've heard it mentioned some would want to play this through with a class. And I have to say, I would have stormed out of class had I been forced to be this uncomfortable in a classroom. I really want to love it, but ultimately, I can't recommend it. As a weird off, take on this. First <laughs> off, they... 180. And second off, who's playing games with their class? And why was I never in a classroom where we played yeah. games? <laughs> like, that's what I took away from it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I kind of agree. Like, if you. Like, this game isn't for everybody, and it's better suited for people who've kind of been through something or, like, experience, like, mm-hmm. emotions like that. Um, so on to a, a little lighter note. This one says, this is a good one. It says, damn you people who write this story. I'm sad now. And that's it. <laughs> Love that. I like how there's just one, like a lot of reviews that are just like, oof, right in the feels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I cried 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a good game. I think. I haven't seen anybody like really bad. Like that's the only one that's really been like bad. The one that critiqued it really bad. I don't know if just maybe their version of the game's weird. Yeah. And just, or just had more to be nitpicky about. I think if you've been through something or want like or like I, I don't know. It's just weird. I know it's not for everybody. Like I wouldn't give this to a tiny child to play. View <laughs> just says yes. <laughs> that's, that's all it says. <laughs> yes. Yes. This this review I think is very very spot on. Um <clears throat> so I returned this game because it was too easy for me. And I, by the way, it's a positive review. Um and I only like very challenging games. However, I would like I would still strongly recommend this game. I'm just not the target audience. The story seems sweet and it's beautifully conveyed. It's a very family-friendly game with puzzles and emotional story and incredible aesthetics. If that sounds like your type of game, you'll love this one. That's that's pretty spot on. Yeah. I mean, I uh, think yeah. Jens has said it a few times. It's not for everyone, so... Yeah. This, this review says, Great art and music, easy to play and fun with chat, a bit draggy towards the end, the whale doesn't stop talking. I bought I bought I this boy. game to beat the 10-hour playthrough of a 10-year-old. Ha- number one, why is a 10-year-old playing this? Hashtag therapy bills incoming. Two, I beat it. Hashtag go me. That's all wow. <laughs> I think that's the opposite effect. I feel like yeah. this is kind of therapy in itself. Yeah, I, I was just like, what? <laughs> I don't think a, a 10 year old who doesn't have like anything going on, who's playing Fortnite with their things or like, a, like, I mean, thinking about death's a weird thing. So I wouldn't want my kid that's never experienced that to jump into it. But like, if you're going through like something similar, there's, it wouldn't uh, maybe be a bad idea. I don't know. There's one last review I want to, I want to read. Like, I'm not going to read it, but just kind of summarize it. So somebody posted a review on Steam and said that their seven-year-old child played this game and the kid doesn't fully grasp what's happening. Um, So the kid's like, oh, like, I think it was fun. Like, it looks good. Like, some of the puzzles are challenging. 
then they the person goes on to say like this was her very first game she's ever played oh shit um so like it was challenging for her but she beat it in 10 hours after playing from 40 to 60 minute se- like sessions is what she said or he said whoever read the review um it gives like a whole reason of like why they think it's good which is basically just everything we touch base but to the very end i think it's cool that they put I would fully recommend this game. However, I think if you're letting your child play it, a parent should decide when it's the appropriate time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that that's a good way to put a, a nice little period explanation point on this. Yeah. If if you want your child to play it, look into it. Make sure it's the right time for them. Yeah, I would agree. But all right, uh, great. I had a lot of fun playing uh, Lost Words Beyond the Page today on NLGC. But before we go, we wanted to share where you can find us online. First, we have a YouTube channel called Nerdlag where we'll be uploading some great content. So make sure to subscribe for the latest videos. We have a Facebook page at Nerdlag Game Club. Make sure to like the page so you can get the latest news about the podcast. You can also find us over on Twitter at NerdLag, where we share some of the latest gaming news and stuff we find interesting. And lastly, we have a Discord at NerdLag, where you can talk to us in voice chat and join in some discussion about everything nerdy, like video games, anime, movies, and chat with like-minded people. If you'd like to join, ask for an invite. Uh, We also want to thank everyone that tuned in for this episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure you share it with your friends. And also follow us on Spotify. It really helps. On to the final credits. At the end of each episode, we kind of just talk about any gaming news or what we've been playing or anything that we want to talk about in general, just for a few minutes to tie up the episode. So with that being said, is there anything that you guys want to talk about? I'm going to struggle with the next <laughs> the next podcast game. <laughs> uh, I can't keep a rhythm to save my life. You haven't even tried yet? Yeah, I haven't even bought it yet, so... You guys might want to get on it since yeah. that one's gonna be a little tougher. I mean, it might be easier for you guys. Like, I only played like maybe twenty to thirty minutes of like solid play, like trying. But like, since it's procedural generated and like you have to keep beats, the gameplay elements not hard. It's just like it, for me, I'm really good at Guitar Hero because I can match the notes to like what I gotta hit. When I gotta watch and move around, but it match the beat, I'm terrible. Yeah, I think I might struggle too, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Me neither. Uh, I mean, I had my last day at work today. Yay! And they celebrated. I'm. I was surprised they didn't like put you in like a throne. They were so nice to me all day. Yeah, it's like every job I've ever quit or left, they were like, hey, now get the fuck out. Like, yeah. now? We're like, you gotta stay. <laughs> yeah, my job was like, oh, what kind of food do you want today? And then they sent me over to Blue Charlie's, and we got chicken tenders, fries, and rolls from there. They bought a cake. They Two of my coworkers separately made different kinds of cheesecake cookies. My Geek Squad manager brought me my favorite Starbucks drink. So, yeah. Yeah, my job made me collect canned goods. <laughs> Which is fine. It's for a good cause, but it's it's kind of annoying that they don't, like, give us any extra time to compensate for it. But... but. I think that's that's all that's really new in my yeah. life. Yeah, I've still been streaming GameCube games, playing Metroid Prime 2 currently. Mm-hmm. It's about Back it. to playing Valorant with Dan. Yeah, some good old Valorant. Started wanna... playing some modded Minecraft. That's about the only thing different. Yeah. Oh, it's... we also played that Blood Hunt game oh, yeah, a couple we played... times. Yeah, we played it. It says I have like 10 hours in it, so we played it quite a bit. It's yeah, fun, yeah. I guess. Uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. I like it better than like Warzone. It's a battle royale where you 
vampires. You like suck people's blood to get power what uh, power up. I want yeah. to suck your blood. It's better Dan. than Morbius. Yeah, that whole game is better than Morbius. <laughs> Looking at the uh, lobby screen is better than watching Morbius. Just the walking, just the walking around in the little like set. Um, uh, um, it's fun. Uh, we got a couple wins. Um, because we're gamers, we're real yeah, gamers. We're gamers out here. <laughs> Dan is a real gamer. Tons is not. What do you mean? Oh my god! You usually tell me how much I suck at every video game. Yeah, but... I did good the other day when we played Valorant. I did good, like most of the game, most games. Sounds like you need yeah. to play. You need to play Lost Words again. I think you're in the denial stage. <laughs> I need to cry right now. <laughs> already making jokes about the game. What? Yeah, what I'm, is already... I'm allowed to. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. Me and Dan were talking about playing the forest with Adam, so we might do that. Oh. A cool thing doesn't relate to me, but it relates to Lauren. She got a Japanese DSI. Huh. Is it like. Yeah, she... yeah, that was another thing. One of my coworkers had asked me the other day like, she knows like some Japanese now, and she said what helped her was playing Japanese games that she knew, like the dialogue. And. Yeah. I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, I have a couple, like, Japanese Pokemon games that I got in Japan. However, they're region locked because they're older and I don't have a DS. And she was like, oh, well, you can have mine. Like, my Japanese one. So today, since it was my last day, she brought me a Japanese DSi that comes in the box with, like, a charger and stuff. So random. That's so yeah, cool. Like, it yeah, like, it's cool. Yeah, you can have it. So you better like, keep oh, up with yeah. this coworker. That's a little too nice. They're oh, all too cool. nice to her. Weird. Yeah. Well, she's in my cool. head, it's like sometimes you get coworkers where it's like we're only gonna talk ever at work. Oh no, she's texted me about like other stuff, tech related when I wasn't there. I we have a lot of like me and her have played similar games that I didn't know anybody else even heard of. And she brought them up to me. So it's not like I said them and she's like, oh, I know what that is. It's like, no, she brought it up. And I was like, oh, my God, you've played that. <laughs> like, I didn't think anybody knew what it was. Same Z's. Yeah, and she likes like anime and she's an artist. And I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. So, yeah, shout, shout out. out to her. Yeah, shout out to Lauren's coworker. Yeah. Ex coworker, ex coworker, turned friend. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Turned Speaking of coworkers, I hated Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even here. I know, he's but he's a t as a coworker. No, it's it's just funny because you either keep a couple or never talk to him ever again. That's true. <laughs> but I'm good. You guys good? Yep, I'm yeah, good. Ready yep. for some wings. All right. I had fun having this little extra time at the end of this episode, but I think it's time for us to install the next game and get ready for the next episode. So you thank you fight. guys for listening, and we'll see you guys soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.